2: Ashley Simon. This is
0: Brandon KilbyH all.
2: And welcome to another episode of Grassroots Podcast, where it's not just about the past or the present, but it's also about the future and my ratchet friends.
0: And my ratchet friends. Speaking of ratchet friends, <laughs> y'all look good at this. Jeez, no, oh, yeah, right? good you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, good yeah. We were gonna use the sound effects, but we wanted to you know scale it back a little bit. Like you know, this. we not give them too much.
1: No retakes. Cool. And, nah, we
0: nailed okay. that shit one take hold good. but it's just all right, forget it. Never mind. Uh, so we're here. We're here. Um, our guest for this evening is Mr. Low Key. Now, before I go and give him the the great introduction and and go into his past and all this shit, right? He didn't bring the fucking bottle of Douce, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was
1: trying to remain professional, and you know, I didn't want to come in here and we started talking loosey goosey. So you know, when, maybe when I come back. You know, I we get do an episode oh before. plug. I, I, yeah, I see yeah. I, I see what you did there. Okay. Bring separate bottles for the ball. You said, when know. I come back or yeah. when we
2: record at Duce Palooza. Hey, well it's at
1: Hammerstein Ballroom right around the corner, so This guy is good. Mm. I'm just I'm just, you know, this, it's right there. You this guys guy can is good. record the episode, <laughs> come have some fun or record there. Yo, <laughs> the
0: transition from Henny to, to Duce. Yeah. You can yeah. see media training,
1: yeah, product placement. You have to. That's I mean, this is my livelihood. I gotta be good at what I do. So
0: I want to get into how it all happened. Now, uh-huh. I know uh, for listeners, it was one of those things where friends got together and yeah. it turned from a party to just straight business to just a wave. Yeah, Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Um, I mean, long story short, we started it at, uh, at Cameron's house in, um, in East Harlem. Uh, Cameron McCullough, is the founder and creative of, of Henny Palooza, say Palooza. And it was just a night that we didn't want to go to the club, you know, at that time, we weren't really making that much money for ourselves, so, you know, bottle service and sitting in lines just didn't sit well with us, so we were like, yo, send out a text to all the girls and, like, some of your guy friends and tell them to bring either a bottle of chicken or a bottle of Hennessy or a chicken, mm-hmm. and that was the most nigger Invite that we could ever. I was gonna send say out. you, it, but it, it worked. <laughs> it, like it worked. Did like they it,
2: bring the hot sauce though.
1: Well, we had the hot sauce there. We had the We had, we had all the amenities there, but <laughs> we just need the chicken and the Hennessy. And it turned into this this beautiful you know game night, and then it turned into a, a big party. And when we checked the hashtag the next morning, we were just so blown away that people were like, oh, "What's this Henny Palooza? How come I wasn't invited? When's the next one?" So you know, we did the next one at this art gallery in uh in Soho. Um, we sold tickets, actually we had RSVP, so people had RSVP to come in, but from then on we did another one in Harlem, we did uh, one at Tammany Hall, and then we started traveling with it, and it just became this big phenomenon, you know, with day parties, because in the city at the time, day parties weren't really, I mean they were popping, but like, they weren't that prevalent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now, you see every Saturday there's a day party somewhere, you know, whether, you know, whoever it is, there's a day party. So not to say we started that wave, but we added on to it, and we kind of like, you know, just shaped it into our own. So um to transition to Duce Palooza, me and Lenny S are, you know, very cool. I, I consider him one of my mentors. Um, I've known him for about 10 or 12 years. And last year we tried to have a conversation about forming, you know, an alliance with them, but this the numbers weren't right and the conversation really didn't match to what we were trying to talk about. So we went back on the road. Um, we me and Cam reapproached Lenny. You know, we took him to lunch and said, Hey, like we wanna reapproach this discussion. <laughs> And as not as like a buyout, but as a partnership. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing led to another. The numbers were right. You know, they understood our vision. Obviously, the other brand didn't. Um, they didn't want to understand our vision. And it's no shade to them, but you know, shade, mad no, shade, no, no, we're not, mad shade, we're sprinkle not. shade, <laughs> we are not, do say over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like you know, they didn't. They didn't put any money in our pocket. They didn't put any products in you know to our parties. And we weren't really asking for anything but, you know, just support. Yeah. And obviously people drink Hennessy without us. So it's not like yeah. they needed us, but mm-hmm. it would just be cool for us to be attached to them yeah. and to get the official co-sign. Duce saw that this is a brand that they can align themselves with. You know, Duce is still getting hot in the streets. You know, why not come over and, and link with us? Because we are hot in the streets and we are moving from city to city. And, you know, we have a nice following, and, you know, it just made sense. And funny story is that when we took Lenny S. to lunch that day, he calls us that night, and he was like, yo, listen, Jay called me, and Jay didn't know that we had met. So Jay was like, yo, why isn't those Henny Palooza guys working with us? Like, go find them. Mm. But he didn't know that Lenny had already linked up with us, had the conversation started. So we already had gotten the blessings from him from the top before we even That's put together That's any, any plans. So it was, you know, it was in God's plan. as Cheesy as it sounds.
2: So, how is it for you guys? You're working with a brand that you guys like at the time with Henny, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't giving you guys the the specific support that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like this weird situation where it's like you're making them money and you're giving them brand awareness, but you weren't receiving that in kind support back.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just looked at it like we didn't understand why, um, and I could understand. Well, I could understand why because you have a a, a day party you know, with open bar Hennessy, and it's a bunch of Negroes, and you're looking like something's going to happen. Like someone's getting arrested, someone's fighting, something's going to happen. And in the five years we've done it, nothing has ever happened. We've never had any incidences. We've never had any brawls. You know, any venue that we've worked with, you can go back and ask them how we were were easy to work with. So it wasn't, you know, we weren't a liability. I look at it like they didn't create it. So maybe they want to stand next to us because they didn't create something like that. 'Cause that's so easy. How do you let something like that, you know, come up under your wing and you have no parts of it? So I just think that, you know, they just they didn't understand it. But again, they didn't need us. They didn't they don't need us. They never will need us. But, you know, for us to create so much brand awareness outside of what they were doing was phenomenal on our part. And everybody saw that. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, obviously honey's they're gonna be fine without us, but you know, it t- it's, it was time for us to, you know, link with a brand that understood what we were about and what we wanted to do in the future.
0: I feel like with brands though at some point, there's always that one guy in the office that understands the culture and is in the know. Mm. Somebody in that office is probably kicking themselves in the ass, like, yo, how we drop the ball on this?
1: I mean, if that's the case and that's the case, um, some people may not see it. And, again, this is no no shade to them. You know, it's just it wasn't in the stars. You yeah. Know? And I'm sure they're going to be all right without us. Actually, they will be all right without yeah. us. But. Mm-hmm. We needed to be with you know, with people who are like minded, you know, business wise and, you know, culture wise and Duse was the right you know, we're family over there. we have a lot of people over there that we that we know, shout out to Brian, Schaefer, mm-hmm. Lenny, you know, Elaine, all of them. They understood it. Mm-hmm. Does
2: this give Duce Palooza kinda like a new meaning? Even beyond just the fact that now it's called Duse Palooza, but like mm-hmm. does it give it a whole new meaning now that you're dealing with a, a brand and individuals that are associated with a black owned company?
1: I mean, that's that, it, it gives it a new, like a fresh start, but a, a, a different, like you said, a different meaning because we are linking with a black owned company. We are linking with someone like Jay Z who's done so much for his community and his friends and his peers that it makes sense for us to be under his wing because we're doing the same thing for our community, our peers, and our culture. You know, obviously, Henny Palooza or Duce Palooza is black owned. You know, it started in a black neighborhood, and it's run by black men. You -hmm. know what I'm saying? So why not link with someone like, you know, Rock Nation, Doc Carter Mm -hmm. Enterprises? Like, that's home. We have to. It makes Mm -hmm. no sense not to be there. That just makes sense. It just makes sense to be right there with them. Mm -hmm. So And they're letting us run our ship. They're not coming in. They're not throwing the Rock Nation flag all over the place. This is what we've created. They know what we're good at, and they just wanted to help, you know, spiff it up a little bit more. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so we're we're proud to be a part of that family.
0: So I mean, that's admirable in itself. Mm-hmm. But now I, I would like to dive into you. Pause. I want <laughs> I want <laughs> I want uh, to dive um, into you. Like you, you do a lot. You work yeah. for Beats. You, you 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 do a lot. So I want to talk about uh, you in the sense of where did you get your first start? Your your first opportunity in this industry.
1: Um. I mean, it was so many different little things. I, I started at uh, BT back in 2008. Um, Kim Osorio, former editor-in-chief mm-hmm. of the Source, she was editor-in-chief over there at BT.com, and she found me on the blog sites and pretty much wanted me to come to BT to do the same thing, but for their blog and for their, you know, for their website. And then from there, I would just, you know, get little experiences with, you know, internships. And I got to, you know, understand what the industry was about and how things moved around and, like, the open bars and, like, the trips. And, like, I was meeting everybody, interviewing people. And it was just, like, I don't I didn't know that world. Mm-hmm. My world with the entertainment industry was blogging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I had a little stint with Puff back in, like, 2004 during the Voter Die days. Okay. I was, like, an intern at Bad Boy. So, like, between those two, like, that was my prior industry experience, and I just knew I loved music, and I knew I loved to write and cover, you know, the culture, the events, and just listen to music and mixtapes, all that stuff. I was just a, a fan of it, mm-hmm. and I had not nowhere to put it when I was in college. So I had a radio show at Howard University, so I did that for three years, and that was, like, my only outlet to, like, okay. you know what I mean? So, like, that's where the radio thing started. And then, you know, the blog thing started when I was at, I graduated uh, college. I was living with my parents. My mother said to me, she was like, you have six months to figure something out. If you don't figure anything out, you have to move to Maryland with your with your aunt. Like literally, that's like
0: that's like normally what happens. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. she was like, you got six
1: months to figure it out. And I was at the time I was working at a hotel, DoubleTree Hotel in New Brunswick, and I started the website with a friend of mine. He went to American University in um, D.C. And I asked him one day, I was like, what do you say when you hear new music? Like, you know, what do you say when a new Jay-Z album drops or whomever is popping at the time? I was like, yo, you heard that new dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And from there, that's when I knew, like, okay, this is this is perfect. Yeah. And the site was, you know, was adding stuff to the culture that wasn't involved. Like, we had exclusives. We were talking shit. You know, we were just having fun. I felt like at that time, blogs were just getting, you know, recognized. And labels hated us. Radio stations hated us DJs hated us personalities hated us because we were shifting where the attention was The mm-hmm. attention wasn't on radio as much mm-hmm. because now everybody's on, on their phones their tablets their computers And that's how they download music. This is before streaming was popping This is like when audio Mac and SoundCloud wasn't a factor These are things that you know weren't around when we were actually making online popular and this mm-hmm. is not right Two the boys okay player um, on smash miss info like all those sites those are the sites that really brought, you know, blogging into the forefront. And that's what it is, what it is today. Yeah.
0: Now, after you reach a certain pinnacle, what what you it kind of feels like you're transitioning now because yeah. you're you're doing so many other things and now you're you're coming more of a business person in a sense. Yeah. Like what what made that why that transition?
1: I'm older. I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thirty-five years old and as much fun. As blogging used to be, I can't just be sitting behind a computer talking shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I I have to be out there. Like, that's why, you know, the whole trap karaoke thing helps me because I get to go city to city and actually, Mm -hmm. you know, be who I want to be on stage. Henny Palooza slash Do Say Palooza, that helped me be a host. You know, the radio show, that helped me learn about different music from different cities and different states and different countries. So now I'm, I'm starting to find. Things outside of you know our culture, things outside of New York City. I get to go to different cities and meet different people, and experience different things. But I had to like have a conversation with myself, like, okay, we did ten years of digital work. Like, what are we gonna do next? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, where are we gonna put our map? Up? Like, where are we gonna you know be a person of the culture? Like, yes, you're low key. From you heard that, know everybody knows that. What's next after that? Yeah, you know. So that's where I'm at right now, trying to figure out. You know, do I want to create? You know, do I still want to, you know, be on stage again? Like I said, I'm getting older, so running around on stage is is getting weary too. Mm-hmm. So now you got to find something else that's going to give you that much revenue, that much experience, and that much awareness in the culture. So, I constantly have these conversations like, What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? And it's it's fun, but it's you know it's nerve wracking too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. He can't. He can't be. Wait. Didn't they uh, hoist up like some big girl at one year? Uh, Palooza, yeah, event. That, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot.
1: No shade to the big girls, but that does no, happen. No, no, of course that, not. But that I was just when
2: you were saying I'm getting old, I remember yeah, I like, saw a where You guys were, you, got, you had to get some,
1: oh, like, like, no, like, lifting. I don't, I don't, but like, see, I'm not that person at Henny Palooza. <clears throat> like, I do my stage work, but like, Chris, Chris Styles, he's the guy that that's dancing and, and lifting the girls. Uh, okay. That's that's his thing. But I personally, I just can't do it. I don't have the power to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be doing it either. So
2: now, our um, since you're kind of like trying to figure out like how, what you're gonna do past blogging and and, and writing and everything like that, um, now we're kind of getting into a new day and age where um, blogging is not like the big influence when it comes to music anymore. So where do you see that shift moving towards?
1: I mean, it's just social media. It's it's the it's the chatter on social media. It's the retweets. It's the likes. It's the Instagram posts. Like. The cosign is gone. Like, the digital cosign is gone. Like, you don't need a site to cosign any artists anymore. We just, you know, people are posting what they like. Um, Back in the day, if Not Right or if us or if two dope boys or OK Player, whomever, if they posted it, then that's like, oh, these niggas are official. Like, Mm -hmm. now I gotta follow them. Now it's if academics, you know, post your shit. And it's like, even that is starting to get played out because. We know who he posts. We see who he posts. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, what is, is he really a fan of the culture, or is he just like buddy-buddy with these niggas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now like we can't take There's certain people we can't take serious, yeah. and it's like we can see through it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like now the fan is pretty much just choosing what they want without us telling them what to do. It's cool if we you know play a certain song at the party, or if we talk about a certain song on Twitter, but the fans ain't looking at us anymore. They're looking just—they're going on Apple. They're going on Spotify. They're going on Title, and they're picking out their favorite songs. And they're telling us, like, no, this is what the what the shit is. And we gotta actually, you know, relinquish that control and let the fans be the fans again. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do y'all listen to? What do y'all like? There's nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, the cosign, like I said, I think people with opinions, you know, the people like me with opinions, it's not, it's not what it used to be and the more we come to terms with that it's just like okay like we had a nice run it was mm-hmm. cool it was fun mm-hmm. but that shit gets told. like niggas don't want to be told what to do and what to like and where to go like this just the influencer thing like that's that had its run. Now it's just let people do what they do and, you know, everybody has their their pocket mm-hmm. of what they like and that's it.
2: Do you feel that, like, obviously when you started, there was only a few really notable big ones, but now it's such an oversaturated market. Do you feel that because it's being oversaturated and the distance between the blogs and websites and the artists is coming together in a sense where people, you know, may consider academics as, like, is he a fan or yeah, is yeah. he... Actually, like reporting on them. Is that, do you think that kind of like gray area is is hurting music in a sense?
1: I mean, like, you can't, the, the funny thing about it, which is why I kind of fell back from blogging, like, just like I lost my love for it, is because you can't be a fan anymore. You know, like, we all started these sites. We all, you know, I'm sure Academics is a fan too, but we all started these things because we were a fan of music, mm-hmm. right? And we wanted to cover, you know, what we liked. And yeah. it was like, yo, this is dope. This is something you guys like. We were the gatekeepers. Yeah. There aren't any more gatekeepers. It's just the gate is open. So whoever wants to come in and find shit, cool. But it it's gonna the, the gate is gonna be flooded. Everything is just coming out and it's coming out. And because now everyone knows how to do everything, everyone knows how to make a blog and mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion, but no one has an experience. You know, like I had my job at BET for about four years and I covered and I learned and I studied. And even before that, I had my internships and I had my radio station at Howard University. So I was doing things that was, you know, bettering my my awareness of the culture. But I feel like now, if you got a Twitter account, you can be the next whomever. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really add any validation to your opinion or what you're what you're co signing or what you're stamping. It's just like, oh, this nigga's talking shit today. So. But then it becomes a repetitive thing where people start to go back to this page. Like, what did he say today? Mm-hmm. or what is he And not even about music, just about the culture. Like, what is he talking about? Or who got beat up? Or, you know what I mean? And then that forms into, you're not talking about the music. Yeah. You're not critiquing the music. You're, you're critiquing Instagram videos. And like, that's what it's come to. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think DJ Booth is like the only site that does album reviews. Shout out to DJ Booth Shout by the way. DJ oh, Booth. DJ Booth was like the like Cass said this earlier. Um, I think he was like DJ Booth was like one of the last the last websites that people really 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 give a fuck about because mm-hmm. they write. They still like they write and they write their asses off. So I think you know sites like that are are very very like they're gold. Mm-hmm. But now everything is just, it's, you wake up and what do we do? We go on Twitter. See who said what go on Instagram see who posted what and that's it but that's what we were
0: talking about with Brian Brian uh, is from DJ Boo. shout again shout out to yeah. them mm-hmm. we talked. he we talked a lot about that that's what he was saying about our platform and how we like to engage with our, our, our audience and our guests mm-hmm. and how like that essence of uh, connecting with the, your audience it's, it's lost at that point and mm-hmm. it's a constant struggle I wonder what would be the next evolution of that though because you know it goes in stages it, it goes from blogging to to, to Twitter to uh I, I guess meme posts to mm-hmm. to uh I would say even podcasts to like even now like uh YouTube shows what do you think would be like the next thing
1: I think podcasts honestly I mm-hmm. think podcasts are the next is the next huge huge wave because you have people like the Reed you have people like Joe shit. you have people like rap radar you have people like um There's a bunch of these podcasts that are connecting, that are reconnecting people with conversation and reconnecting people with, you know, music and valid opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, people aren't, you know, when you listen to The Read and you listen to Joe Budden shit, the people, they're talking about, you know, legitimate shit. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not running their mouths and they're not clowning people and they're not, you know, being rude or being disrespectful, but... This is something like, okay, like, that conversation makes sense. Or I didn't think about it like that. And, you know, with Joe being who he is and then Rory and Maul, like, that dynamic is, is great. And then you got, you know, you got um, B-Dot and Elliot. You know their history. And then mm-hmm. you got, you know, Kit Fury and Crystal. Like, they're just great at what the fuck they do. Yeah, You know, and shout out to Combat Jack and Rest in Peace. Obviously, yeah. he was, a, yeah. you know, the man that put it, put it in place. But I think these, these podcasts are very, very important because they're telling a story you know the, they are telling a story of the culture their story and it's intriguing you mm-hmm. know what i mean like and it's just a conversation yeah you know so it's not too much to listen to but it's fun um, so yeah i think i think personally think podcasts will you know carry the torch um, for the, for the the connection between the fan and the consumer
0: mm-hmm. now when you go through your 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 day to day and let's say you have a up and coming personality yeah. that wants to do things. What, what are some of the things that you give them from an advice perspective?
1: Um, so like a new personality trying to come up? Yeah. Um, study. Um, study your history. Um, study the competition. Study, you know, what's missing. Um, be yourself. Um, understand a lane at what you're doing and what you're taking. Um, and stand out. You know, you could be the loudest person in the room, but if you're not adding value to anything, then what are we, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would just tell them, like, just have fun. Like, that's the main thing with me. Like, if you stop having fun, then it becomes a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now you're just, like, you're doing it because it's a check. You're doing it because everyone else is doing it. You're not doing it because you want to do it. You're not doing it to find different ways to, you know, create from that lane that you're in. If you're just going to keep doing what everybody else is doing, then, what, like, what's the point? You know, you're going to be a crab in a barrel. And it's just like, y'all pulling each other down because everybody's doing the same exact thing. So that's why I tell people just to keep having fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it. And mm.
2: when you're saying, like to study people who are doing it or studying people that are successful in what they're doing, mm. how, for people who are listening who, who kind of want to become these personalities, like, how do you distinguish the difference from studying as, if, as in like taking what they're doing well and mm. applying it in your own way mm. versus like, Sometimes people taking what they're doing and trying to imitate
1: it. Well, I think, you know, I think the people, I think consumers are smart enough to understand the difference. Um, I think, I think what, it, what has to happen is you have to appreciate what these, what these guys and girls have done before you. You know, you look at a Terrence J, you know, you look at a Carrie Champion, like just in different, different mm-hmm. you know, genres of the culture, and where they've come from, you know, what they've done to get there. Like it's all there. You can yeah. read about any of these people. And you can, you know, you can look at that and be like, okay, how is this similar to my story? You know, what do I want to do that's, one, going to be different from their story, but um, a tribute to the actual culture. You Mm -hmm. feel what I'm saying? So I think, you know, it's just studying the history of these people, like Ryan Seacrest and Terrence J and, you know, um, Big Tigger. Like, there's so many people out there. Ebro, like Charlemagne. There are so many stories out there that you can look at. And they all do different things, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can pick and choose what lane you want to go in and see what they didn't do. You know, when they were coming up, the resources weren't there like they are right now. You know, we can sit in a computer. We can sit in a room with our computer and and, and have our own radio show. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne and Ebro had to go to a station every day, Mm -hmm. you know, and actually do work and, you know, talk to people and read about shit. Now we can just sit at home and. And I think that makes us a little bit more lazier. Yeah. But there's no excuse for us not to be able to get to these next steps and to get to, and to create projects and to mm-hmm. do things that, you know, our past folks couldn't do. So I think we're a little bit lazy, but if the work is if they want to do the work, it's there to be done. I just think people don't want to do it. I think people because of Twitter, because of Instagram, things happen so quick. Mm-hmm. So now they're expecting like, Well, I'm on Twitter and I'm reaching people that's in Japan, but that doesn't they don't know your story. If you can't get your people in New York or if you can't get your people in DC to fuck with you, niggas in Japan and Australia ain't gonna give a shit about you neither. Yeah. So it's like the legwork, the you know, the dirty nails, the scars, the failure, all that has to happen before you reach any kind of platform. If you think you're gonna coast through this shit, you know, clean white tea and not get dirty and not get pushed down and not get denied, then you're you know, you're you're looking for a rude awakening. And I was with that person too, but you know, you gotta fail. You gotta, you gotta be depressed. You gotta go through these motions of like, do I need to be doing this? Like, when you start going through that shit, that means this is something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't go through that, then you're not really doing it the right way. Personally, that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, we touched on academic earlier, yeah. academics earlier, and it just it took me for a, a kind of a loop. And I thought about that what you said as far as like studying the culture and studying just people, mm-hmm. and this is just open for all of us. Do you guys think that Complex studied Star, and then implementing him into everyday struggle? Like, do you think they did enough homework on on him to un- kind of understand how that dynamic would actually work?
1: I think I think the people who make the decisions. I think I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did study Star. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. A person like him, you gotta do your research on. Yeah. So you gotta know what kind of thing you're walking into that building. I think they knew what it was, but it's also complex. So they they are gonna do certain things <coughs> to rattle the you know to rattle the headboard. So mm-hmm. this was one of those things because after that, before that, we weren't watching that show. Yeah, we didn't care about it. Like when Joe left, it was like okay, well, mm-hmm. that run is over. But as soon as he came. It's like, oh, shit, because we knew what was going to happen. Just like they knew. They're not dumb. Mm-hmm. They knew the response they were going to get when they had Star on that show. It was like, even I was like, oh, shit, like this is about to be. And then you have someone like Academics who does know, you know, what he's talking about in some cases. So it makes it for a good dynamic because Star's not going to really buy into the bullshit. Mm-hmm. He'll be very, very adamant about that. You know, Joe gave him some leeway. Joe, you know, let him talk himself into a hole. He's not, Star won't do that. And I think that's what's needed. I think you have to have a chin check, and sometimes academics will chin check him because Star is so far removed from what's going on nowadays mm-hmm. and I think it they complement each other, so I'm not mad at it and I like that they added wayno because wayno's uh, we know his history, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's very you know that the dynamic is it's 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 sticking better than it was mm-hmm. personally that's how.
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of think that they knew and they studied, but I don't think they were really prepared for it. I don't think because like,
1: you can't prepare for that kind of monster. You can't yeah. you can't
2: really compare for like someone like Star like want like those old school radio people who just didn't did not fucked, care. Right. Yeah. Like they will tell artists, you got a problem with me? Come come meet me here. Yeah. Like yeah. there's people aren't like that now. Mm-hmm. Like people will be act tough and stuff but then like, you know, it, it, when it's away from cameras they'll be like, "Oh, you know, we cool." Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah, that yeah. like that kind of caliber is just not it's just not around anymore. Mm-hmm. So they probably didn't understand. Until it's like, oh, crap. Yeah,
1: his pedigree (laughs) is very different from what's going on. Yeah, I think Ebro has that pedigree, but he just does it for fun. But Star was just like, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, Yeah. And he still doesn't.
0: So speaking of Ebro, what is it like working in in that regime under the whole Beats?
1: Ebro's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing. Ebro's fucking annoying. But he's annoying in a Big Brother way where it's like he continuously tells you you suck just so you work harder. Yeah. And he told me one thing he was and I was worried about, you know, when I was working there. Well, I'm still working there, but like I had I was going through a period where I was just like, man, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I don't know if they they're fucking with me. He was like, if your key card still works, they're still fucking with you. So all that self doubt, just leave that shit at the door. Like man. if your key card is good and your email still works, you're fine. What's okay.
0: the best advice he's given you outside of the key card working?
1: <laughs> the best advice Ebro's giving me is um, you trash. <laughs> like he like because like what no because he was like because like Ebro's been in radio for what, like twenty plus yeah he's got like twenty two yeah years like twenty two twenty three yeah. years so I've been doing radio for maybe what three yeah So, he was like nigga you trash like you just <laughs> yeah. you just got here yeah I guess he could say that yeah what, what, but when it. you think about it it's like okay now I want to really you know show why. I, I belong in this regime. You know, yeah. obviously they put me in that position because they thought, you know, my craft was, you know, well enough for that platform. But that's when the work starts. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you got to that platform, the work now it really starts. Can you hold our attention? Can you, you know, can you fill in for me while I'm not there? And I mm-hmm. filled in for him like four times already. But um, yeah, that's now you gotta do the legwork. Yeah. Now you really gotta study the music. Now you really gotta understand what's going on. That's when the a real challenge yeah. comes. That's mm-hmm. when the real challenge comes. So he was like, Yeah, he's like, You're trash.
2: do you ever have any issues where it's like uh people giving you problems because you're associated with someone else or they know that you are cool with someone else for example ebro he's kind of like a brother to you Mm -hmm. you know has there ever been any situations where something that he said ended up affecting some sort of relationship that you have, or someone kno- that knows that you're associated yeah. with him, having a problem with you because of that association.
1: Um, I don't. I wouldn't say like uh, a necessary problem. Conversations have been had. Yeah, it happened. It happened. It, happened. It, it, it happened. Like, well, no. But the thing about it is, is like, I'm my own individual, and people know mm-hmm. I will speak up if I have something to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not Ebro doesn't speak for me. If I have an opinion, if I have something to say, I'll say it. Like, I have no problem. Like, I've been in issues with Fab and fucking Ross and J. Cole and Jeezy. Like, I've had my fair share of of back and forth. So, I look at it like nowadays, if it's not worth it, like, I just, it's pointless. But, yeah, like, with Ebro, like, that's my nigga. That's always going to be my nigga. And we've had conversations with people like, yo, you know, your man, I'm like, listen, that's, that's his opinion and that's how he feels. If you got a problem with it. You say something to him about it, cause I'm not gonna go and be like, "Hey, someone doesn't like what you," <laughs> and he gonna laugh me out the room. Yeah, I'm like get the fuck out of my face with that shit. So I'm like, "Yo, if you got a problem with him, you see, it, you, you gotta approach him," yeah. and that's what and Ebro's always open to a conversation. He seems like that. Though. He always, even, oh, even yeah. with all
0: of the criticism that he takes on on his opinions yeah. and, and just some of the things that he says, even when he's wrong and or when he's right, he seems very
1: vocal. Ebro is very. He's always been vocal about like we can have a conversation. Yeah. It's not nothing to have a conversation. Like, you're an adult. You're a man. You're supposed to like. I don't agree with you. This is why. Mm-hmm. Listen, like people can't do that nowadays, especially when you're on Twitter. As soon as you say you don't like something, yeah. you either hate it or you're just like trying to cause trouble. It's like no, I don't like that because of X, Y, and Z. But yeah. you, like people don't. Know how to have an intellectual dialogue about disagreement and Mm -hmm. disagreeing, and if you can't come to an agreement, you disagree to you know agree to disagree and move on. Well, that's the thing. We we do live in the age of trolling, right? But like, how how much longer are we going to continue to do that, and then shit gets lost in the shuffle?
0: I don't know. Ask Ice. (laughs) Nigga, that's y'all man. You ask him. Like, (laughs) I
1: didn't I I didn't create that monster. (laughs) Y'all niggas did. Like, y'all created that kid. That's why he is.
0: Shout out to Axe. but it's, it's 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 the truth though. It's like one of those things where you never know. Like for a while, the fake RT on Twitter was a thing. Like, yeah. I, like artists really got mad and and would get into trouble because people would fake RT content, yeah. them saying crazy shit or them dissing another but artist. But now or. you like,
1: but that that opened up another can of worms of how sensitive artists really are. yeah. yeah. Twitter really exposed how sensitive these artists are, and I think you know when people you know, who haven't lived their lives or who don't create art or, who are, you know, who aren't from these places, they feel as though, like, you can't speak on, you know, what I'm doing or what I'm mm-hmm. creating. And if we're just talking about the art, I can critique it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like it, or I'm not a fan of it, or I do love it. But I'm not critiquing you as a person, you know, the personality or your cloth. It's just like, yo, this song, I don't resonate with it, or mm-hmm. it sounds bad. And you had so many people critiquing music on Twitter, and these artists were just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Now you hear people talking about like when artists create. Now you hear people talking about Twitter, you know, criticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying they not criticism from their peers, but people on Twitter that have no, you know, value or whatever. Not to say people yeah. don't have value, but like, who are they in, a, in, you know, in a world of music? They're just a, a fan. When mm-hmm. did that get so prevalent where you can't say I don't like something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like...
0: You touched on that before in a previous episode yeah. where...
2: They we, come for us. Yeah, like right.
0: we we constantly get scrutinized just for our opinions on things or whatever. And then we wind up being right about shit. Yeah. And I then mean, they don't say anything. But I, I just think it's funny that in the day and age where this is supposed to be kind of like the time where you're sh- you're supposed to be able to kind of speak your mind and mm-hmm. be open uh, just given all of, of the world events. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the more sensitive times in America. <laughs> Like, where I mean, it's, everything is on eggshells.
1: I mean, well, like I said, social media has given people with no voice a voice. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like the most smallest thing, can you can find a group of people that are upset about it. hmm and, like, everybody has their right to feel how they want to feel. Like, I'm not saying anyone is wrong, but, like, we're not – we can't consistently make these small – mount or these small moles into huge mountains. Yeah, mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Whether it's music, whether it's relationships, whether it's politics, religion, like, there are certain things that are just not that debatable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think we just – we debate everything. Yeah, You know, yeah. we make everything an issue, especially in music. And it's just like – this is what it really come to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's like when you wake up on Twitter, you look to see who's debating what. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking about music. We're not yeah. talking about who just put out a fire project. We're talking about who just got, you know, who just got knocked out. I definitely do that. Even like, though I'm always late to news anyway, but I definitely you know what I mean? do mean, like that. that's what that's the, the the regular thing and it's just like fuck
2: It reminded me of when everyone was debating about that dress, the color of that dress. Like,
1: like, is is it blue or or is it? Are we really (laughs) debating this? (laughs) Like. What? what? serious about it, too. That shit went on for a week. But it's like certain things like that then spiral other conversations. Like, well, bitch, you can't see. Or y'all can't <laughs> dress. <laughs> or this is why y'all ain't got money. And it's like, what's the color of the dress, my <laughs> nigga? We're not talking about family incomes or social status. What's the color of the dress? But like those little arguments will spawn so much other nonsense yeah. that mm-hmm, you get right. caught up. And it's like a rabbit hole of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever get caught up in a rabbit hole when you're on YouTube just watching random ass videos? Yeah. And you yeah. just like for an hour or yeah. two hours. That's how Twitter is. Yeah, You yeah. get one conversation, you find another one, you find another one, and then now you're like knee deep in black Twitter or whatever Twitter yeah. just for no reason. So. so do
2: you feel like that uh, previous limitations on character numbers for Twitter, mm-hmm. do, you, do you think that kind of assisted with dumbing down conversations or was it something else that kind of like started that decline? Because I feel like now people can't really even have like you said, intellectual conversations yeah. or debate. It's like you got uh, a certain amount of characters, and you just say "fuck your mama." Like, yeah, if you don't mm-hmm. agree with somebody. Like yeah. that's it. Like you don't even say, "Okay, why?" Yeah, yeah, you know.
1: I mean, like, like I said before, everything doesn't need, doesn't need a debate. You know. Yeah. I just think people, some people, just aren't. What happens with Twitter debates is, you may say something like, say me and you were debating about top five that are alive, right? Okay. So I may say my five, you say your five. And then you may disagree with, like, my number one artist. So now you're giving me your disagreements, but you're firing off all your points. So I'm reading stuff, and I want to respond to that. I want to respond to that. I want to respond to that. So now I'm getting caught up in all of the, like, the shit that you're saying, but mm-hmm. I'm missing points, and I'm, like, I'm forgetting shit, and now I'm getting upset. Because mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm disagreeing with you so much I can't even form a thought where it's just like it's like arguing with your girl, right? And dead ass, it's like <laughs> there are so many things to fucking pick apart, but like they're just you just rapid fire, boom, 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 and you may be right in some sense, but it's just like I I can't find the the the, the medium of where to, to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So I think that's why they added the characters. But then on the flip side, it's like I don't want to read a book yeah. of your response mm-hmm. on Twitter. You feel what I'm saying I want to read a whole dissertation of why you think two hundred dollar dates are stupid. Like it's just like those like little little that, you know
0: that turns into who hurt you.
1: <laughs> yeah, then it like it just like I said, then it goes and it goes and it goes. So it's just like I it's it it's good and it's bad. It just depends like who you're talking to and what you're talking about. Yeah. So
0: So what's what's next for you? What what is um, you you've done a lot mm-hmm. in uh, what and um, what people could say is a short span of time. What is the next venture for you? Where 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 is low key?
1: The next venture is two things. Um
0: Oh shit! Snigori got it. All right. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to.
1: Um, two things. So, one, uh, me and Koza are starting a podcast called Mama Knows Best.
0: Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, what? hold on. You competition now? <laughs> hold Day, on, very soon. All right, cut. This, that's, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. Zarin, <laughs> this no. This
1: is <laughs> um, nah, yeah. It's a podcast called Mama Knows Best, where we interview celebrity moms. Oh, um, that's fire! Yeah, and we've already got two episodes in the can. We uh, we did Just Play His mom. And uh, Talib Kwali's mom. Ooh. um, wait, so are we
2: gonna have to hold this off until you guys No, You can oh, say, yeah. okay. now, <laughs> I said double check. No, no
1: I to say, we're good, we're good, money. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm uh, we're in the midst of like you know, putting those episodes in, like, because we're gonna do a season, we're doing season, so we're gonna nice. put like we're gonna record like five episodes, five, six episodes per season, and then just, just shoot them out. Dope, um, dope. so that, that's one, and then the next thing is I'm creating the TV, well. Like a web series I now that that I can't really say what it is I'll tell you guys off-camera okay, okay. Um, it's all matters yeah so it's like a web <laughs> series it has to do with rappers and liquor um, okay two of my favorite things right. so um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that's what I'll be working on for uh, for the rest of the year and then obviously do say Palooza trap karaoke and um, other stuff word do say over here yes Yes, yes. I gotta tell y'all about low key at oh, what a Night,
0: Man. He came in, had a, a table and like, No first off, no <laughs> I didn't. No I didn't. No I didn't. In, in my story you do. So oh, he had okay. a table and you know, <laughs> the waitress came over and was asking about what he wanted to order. He he looked at the, the, the menu. Oh, yeah, okay. He yeah, looked okay, at okay, the last, menu, okay, the he was like, There's no douce here <laughs> <laughs> and he shoved the lady up. I was like, do ducé table
1: in my, in my story I was sitting at y'all table and we had <laughs> we had shrimp we had wings and I had two ducés so thank you Highline Ball, for being very hospitable um, I appreciate that <laughs> nah but uh, we appreciate you yes. we want to thank you for
0: coming on thank you uh, much success learned a lot from you actually today just about growth and things like that so that's mm-hmm. always dope um, as always check us out Grassroots Podcast on Twitter Instagram yeah. YouTube uh, for uh, our music submissions, because we, uh, we also do that as well. We evaluate music. That's podcast at uh, gmail.com. Yeah,
2: for our Audi playlist. And yeah. for our audio Mac. Mac. Show,
0: yeah, that's family. Shout out to Audiomack. Mac. And then um, also in the link uh, for this video is our Group Me chat. Um, again, you guys can join. You can talk with me and Aaron and the rest of our crew. And uh, yeah, that's fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, on. hold on. Hold on. Really, don't, really try, don't try to steal that <laughs> shit, bro. Don't, really don't try to steal that shit. Fit. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Oh, yeah, man. we got a and three,
1: yeah, right? 103. Yeah, 103. Y'all be, be on in there debating? Yeah. Oh, I'm we about to jump in that Yo, that we talk about everything. We talk about,
2: like, new music.
0: Just everything. The other dude. Sports. His girl, he went and it was on Valentine's Day. This was fucked up. Shout out, shout out. I'm not going to say his name, but I felt so bad. Long story short, because I know we run on time, but... He had bought his girl a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah. he was hyped about it. It was like, yeah, this is Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. She said, you know, she hit him with one of those, look, I think we need time. But he had already given it a gift, so I felt horrible. Wait, after the fact? Yeah. Yeah, she a bozo. Yeah, so I was like, man, oh, that's so. Wack. Now I'm thinking about it. Has he? Been
1: in the chat? Is he alright? I think so. Well, yeah. That nigga's probably okay, yeah. If has. y'all don't know he's been in the chat, yeah, he hasn't been no, in the
2: no, chat. No, I think he's been in chat because like we're yeah. we're supportive. Like we're all like, yo, fuck shit. Yeah, we all
1: yeah, <laughs> like fuck
0: up, fuck yeah. man. Yeah, so fuck <laughs> it. Like, <"Yeah."> yeah. no, <laughs> no, I, like I like that. We're a family. Chat, so yeah.
1: yeah, but that's it. Um I'm Brandon, Killer BHL. I'm Aaron
2: Ashley Simon.
1: Okay. Uh low key from You Heard That New, Beats One, Trap Karaoke. Do say Palooza, Mama Knows Best, and Bar, for uh, bar. All right, all right, yeah, all right, just, all right, just, all right, <laughs> all right, all he right. All he all right. Fuck out of here. We out of here. <laughs> Peace. Grass, <laughs> grass, 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 grass.